0: Hi everyone, this is Zoe Brokus. I wanted to take a few minutes before the episode airs to preface some events that have happened in the last couple of weeks. Um, You're going to hear Charlotte and I talk about a bill, LD 1975. Um, And this bill is a bill that we worked on for many, many months, um, really framing our overdose crisis and Um, a response to substance use using a public health framework. Anyway, uh, since we recorded the episode, the Health and Human Services Committee decided to table the bill, um, which means it won't be heard until January of 2024. We're incredibly disappointed by this decision. I think it highlights the lack of understanding and education that our legislature has, and it shows that there is clearly a lot of work that still needs to be done. But we have some big plans in the works and certainly aren't giving up yet, so take a listen to the episode. If you have any questions or you want to get involved, you can go to our website, www.churchofsafeinjection.org, or reach out to Justice radio on Instagram thanks so much it's been a really interesting session in general I think those of us who' have been doing a lot of work on the ground have um, have felt that in a lot of different ways um, we're seeing we're seeing bills come out and and public hearings happening really quickly so advocacy efforts are are shifting um, and we're having to to kind of try new things, and and I that's what I love because I think it's really exciting, uh, even though it is kind of stressful. But I think <laughs> what has been so incredibly interesting to to see, and I don't know if it's just our collective um, defensiveness and grief that we carry every day with this work, um, but we oftentimes sort of put on. Our armor when we have to go into these spaces because historically, public hearings and interactions with with most legislators around topics of harm reduction and uh, kind of public health policies that that should be implemented, um, it's exhausting. It's typically really like painful to absorb, you know, a lot of negativity. And, and so this session, I think we, we put on our armor geared up and ready for that. And then I haven't felt it. It's Mm. been really interesting. And, you know, I think, um, there's gotta be a lot of reasons for it. So I think that we know that we have, um, a significant number of legislators this session who have been more public and more open about their own experiences or family experiences with substance use and overdose. Um, and I think I never want to say that's great because it's horrific, but what it does is it changes the way we look at these issues. And, um, and so really starting to see more people mm-hmm. stepping up and kind of willing to champion bills and topics that just it just blows me away. The the people that we've been able to get to co-sponsor bills and um and really come out and, and publicly support uh some of the work um has just been really interesting to see. And and I think that um one of my favorite things that i've seen is there so there have been two harm reduction health center bills one was heard in health and human services committee and one was heard in criminal justice and public safety which i love cuz it was like a study right there mm. and um HHS was not as receptive at, like at all. Now there could be a variety of reasons for this. It could be the language of the bill. It could be their relationship with the sponsors. You know, I, I know all of that um, does play a role. Um, but it was just really interesting to observe the conversations, the questions that were being asked, the mannerism of the you know the committee members, kind of the way they were engaging with people who were testifying, and. Um, And criminal justice and public safety seemed really committed and on board with the concept, whereas HHS really wanted to focus on the legality and like, well, why, you know, and it's like, they wanted to get right into the weeds right away, um, instead of really lifting up the purpose um, of saving lives. And and I think really consistent with that messaging throughout.
1: Mm. And tell people a little bit about what is a harm reduction health center? Why are
0: they so important? So uh, a harm reduction health center, you know, we kind of, um, we decided to use that language for uh, the purposes of, of, of trying to um, educate our legislators and our, broader community without getting kind of that immediate response that sometimes comes with phrasing that has been used a lot in the media. So harm reduction health centers are supervised consumption spaces, centers, overdose prevention centers. Um, there's a lot of different terms being used. Um, and and they can operate a couple of different ways. Um, I think most people would probably uh, know of Um, the centers that are operating in New York um, called On Point, and um, they are essentially comprehensive community drop-in spaces um, historically operating as needle exchange programs or syringe access programs. It allows those individuals to safely use substances inside the center um, with supervision from staff, which staff is sometimes peers, staff is sometimes medical um, folks, combination of both. Um, the, the bills here in Maine uh, do have an emphasis on um, medical supervision. And these two issues go hand in hand. And so we cannot talk about reducing overdose deaths without talking about the housing crisis. Um, and I think that we have done a really good job of, of reminding people of that this session. And we have some incredible champions, um, speaker Talbot Ross totally gets that, you know, and has, is championing a lot of housing bills. Um, but it, but it is, you know, it it is a housing crisis issue. If everybody had a safe place to live. Um, then perhaps we wouldn't need supervised consumption centers. Mm. Uh, But until we provide safe, dignified housing, and housing is a broad term um, for every single individual in our state, then we should have places where people can be safe and in community. Um, Because it's not just about using drugs inside. It's about... Having lunch with your peers and having someone who can check your substances prior to use and do a comprehensive drug checking panel um, and check out a wound and chat and hang out with friends and get tested for hep C. You know, it's all of that. It's it's really intended to be comprehensive um, and and a lot of services under one roof. Mm.
1: And it really is a place that we stand up to support our neighbors
0: right? Mm -hmm. In the
1: same way that we have lots of places set up in our communities that we love and support and are thankful for because they support our neighbors. This is yet another place meeting people where they are, giving people love and connection and support, which is always better for our entire community. Mm -hmm. For me, the part that's been so shocking, Zoe, is just watching those votes, you know, even in the Health and Human Services Committee, you know, where I got to tell you, it was a dagger to the heart to see the chair, the House chair, Representative Meyer of the Health and Human Services Committee vote against harm reduction health centers. It's like, what do we have to do? You know how, but we have to keep working. Right. And, and in that, even though, you know, that was a dagger to the heart and ultimately because, you know uh, it's just easier for me. My first go-to is just, I am, I get really rageful. I was very angry. I was, you know, I was very mad. And then, you know, I, I don't do anything for a little bit right I don't drive mad I don't act on it and then I remember that this you know we're in this for the long game and you know you and I were just talking about when representative Mike Sylvester put in the first then called overdose prevention site bill years (laughs) ago and it was like even getting Democrats to sign on to the bill was tough you know I mean I was a co-sponsor and proud to be so getting those four boats, even in health and human services, was like, wow. And, and 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 what you said I so agree with about criminal justice and public safety, that made me feel so good, you know, that people are really getting it. And And over in, you know, criminal justice, public safety, they have a front row seat to the fact that what we are doing is not working.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was really it was so clear, you know, and, and your years of service on that committee, I think have really helped that, you know, it's, it's like, this isn't that radical, like, we'll bring all the radical bills you want. But like, this isn't it. This is just common sense. We're all saying that we're sick of seeing discarded syringes in the parks, like this solves all of those issues. So you can get behind it from a couple of different standpoints. But I yeah, I almost think like, the not reacting to the um, to the initial like hysteric sort of like oh my god we can't do that you know like if we just all just kind of stand there and are like okay let that happen and then you know and then watch the votes because the votes it's just amazing to see you know we have worked so hard to get to this point um and it's not over and we've got a lot more work to do yeah. um but but this is this is how we do it this is right. really how we do it And as
1: a state, we have been doing harm reduction for decades. We do harm reduction around HIV transmission, right? We do harm reduction. This is not radical. Cannabis is in exactly the same schedule as these substances. Cannabis is also illegal, but man, we raking in the dough in Maine, right? right? We yeah. are raking in the money and nobody is complaining about it.
0: I've been saying the same thing on the municipal level about the housing crisis because here in Portland uh-huh. and Lewiston, you know, I live in Portland, work in Lewiston, both communities are experiencing um, you know, levels of encampments that that I have never seen before. Yeah. And um both communities are dealing with them in a very different way. Um but they both keep falling back on the stupidest reason I've ever heard about why we can't use all of these empty buildings and empty space that we have in both cities. It's a zoning issue. Mm-hmm. I'm like guess what change the zoning. Like isn't I- that what you do? Aren't you the people who can do that? We have found ways to make it work in with cannabis and not to discredit the the amount of work that it took to get there. Absolutely. Um, the unregulated drug supply, we should all be doing every single thing we possibly can. It is like nothing it is truly like nothing I've ever seen just the way that it is affecting people.
1: So, and after our quick break, we're going to tell people something else that they can be doing, right? Since you just said we should be doing everything we can. And we have some exciting news. So again, you are listening to Ending the Drug War in Maine with Zoe Brokus and Charlotte Warren on Justice Radio.
0: Did you know that Maine abolished parole in 1976? Sentences got longer and prisons got overcrowded. Maine incarcerates more people per capita than most countries in the entire world. With LD 178, Maine can bring back parole for those who are rehabilitated and pose no risk. If a person doesn't meet that bar, they won't get parole. At $78,000 a year to keep a single person in prison, we can't afford not to bring back parole, which costs 10 to 12% of that. For more information, please check paroleformaine.com.
1: I'm Charlotte Warren. I'm a um, former lawmaker and a social worker by trade. And we have been working for years on trying to move our state and the collective actions of our state to a public health response to the substance use disorder crisis. And the reason I say substance use disorder is that this is not about heroin. It's not about fentanyl. It won't be about whatever the next drug is. It's also about alcohol, but it's never the drug. It's never the substance, right? So we are working on a public health response. And Zoe, do you want to break the news to folks?
0: Yeah, very exciting news. We, um, after many, many uh, months, no, probably weeks, (laughs) um, I'm referring to it as the sloth bill because it just would not move. Uh, We finally have an LD number for our uh, public health response to substance use uh, bill sponsored by uh, Lydia Crafts, and it is LD 1975, which just sounds so nice. That'll be 1975. Sounds so great. It's great. And so now it's time because for anyone who doesn't follow along like we do, uh, we're really getting towards the end of the session here. Uh, There's been a lot of bills that have been heard. There's been a lot of action that's happened. And meanwhile, this massive bill that I feel like we've been working on for like 700 years is finally um, coming out but it it has been a long process and um and so it's it's finally coming out what we're being told is that um that the public hearing is going to be scheduled very quickly like i'm like should i book a hotel room for augusta this week i think maybe but it's really you know our goal with this bill and it took us a while to kind of get the language to where it needed to be was to really kind of present what we what we what everyone keeps saying we need and what we know is an effective strategy and again with all of the bills there is not just one solution i've hated the black and white thinking in some of these hearings where they're like well well this isn't enough and well you said we need this it's like yeah we need all of it okay and it's a really interesting bill that will create these uh resource hubs in in the all across the state in each county where basically i mean i think of them as as harm reduction, not health centers, but like harm reduction centers, because it's really yeah. intended to be a place where anyone can come in and get resources. And that's yeah. how we were always taught to to run our programs. Like you never the answer is never no. If someone needs something, you sit down and you figure it out. And that's kind of what the purpose is here. Exactly. And I love you're
1: referring to them as harm reduction centers, because that's to me exactly what they are, right? As a social worker um you go to pe- you go to where the people are you meet meet them where they are right um and that that's what we're doing that's what this is about and it's about providing prevention harm reduction recovery and treatment yeah. right connect connecting with people um it's just so you know it's so exciting and when i think about The conversations that were had around harm reduction health centers, or, you know, around many of the bills that we've heard worked this session, it's exactly what you just said. Like, here we are. Here we are, right? For the folks on the Health and Human Services Committee who were like, We need to do something. I want to do something. It's very hard for me to vote against this harm reduction health center. I just hope they aren't going to be using those same talking points, right? Because what they're really saying is I am only brave enough to continue doing what we've been doing. I am so fearful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Of being wrong in our country about the way we've dealt. And as I've sat on this committee, right, Health and Human Services Committee, and not led us to change our direction while two people a day in Maine die, I hope people are going to have the courage to say, wow, I was seeing this maybe in a different way than I wish I had been seeing it.
0: Mm. It is appalling to see. I mean, and and not to mention the director of opioid response for the governor's office get up and testify against these bills that have been proven by experts uh, to be effective, and and even admit, yes, they save lives. But I mean,
1: yeah, yeah. unbelievable. Yes. Gordon Smith said. Yes, that is true. Yeah. The data is true that no one has ever died in one of these. That is true. But yeah. I mean, yeah. I I just, that's a pretty lot right there. Mm-hmm. That's a lot right there, right? So people, how can people get involved? We have five minutes left. We've given people an idea of, I think, a pretty good picture of what's coming, of what's in it, right? We, we've got these four sort of principles of a public health response, and it's going to be heard, we think, in the Health and Human Services Committee, but whatever, it doesn't really matter. It may be heard in criminal justice, public safety. The public hearing is likely to happen this week. The bill number is LD1975. So first thing to do, please reach out to your legislator. We are losing two people a day. Please support LD1975, which is a public health response to substance use disorder in Maine. Mm -hmm. Right? First thing, call your senator, call your House member. But also they can learn more about the bill and how to get involved by going to the Church of Safe Injection website. Do you want to tell a little bit about that, Zoe?
0: Sure. Yeah, and um, I'll say that it has been difficult to to find a good place to really keep information to to educate folks. I think Main Drug Policy Coalition, you know, we're we're kind of like an informal group of just people that get together and, and work on these issues. I hope that we can find a way to make that be where people can go to find this information. Maybe we have a website someday. I, I don't really know, but but for right now, I have um, committed to providing education about these topics, um, as well as links to how you can get involved if you want to submit testimony um, we have seen some really great letters to the editor. So anyway, go to the Church of Safe Injection website. If you want to learn more, I'm going to put a bunch of stuff up there uh, this afternoon, Uh, churchofsafeinjection.org. You can also find us on social media, uh, Facebook and Instagram. and just go to our website to, to get connected to those. Um, but it really does make a difference to have people share their stories or just show their support of these bills. Um, and it's how we're gonna start to make some real change in Maine. And we've got a long way to go with our drug laws. They're incredibly, incredibly outdated. So this is a yeah. really great first step.
1: Absolutely. and I. I've
0: heard so many
1: parents who have lost their children Mm. say in many of these events that we've done of providing support to folks, providing support and advocacy training to folks, or just things like you organize Black Balloon Day, right, in Maine. So many family members I've heard say, please don't wait to get involved until you after you've lost someone. And I have to say that a little bit, I feel like that's unfortunately what's coming home to roost in the legislature. Because as you said at the beginning of our show today, so many more people are being affected, right? And when you get this delivered to your family, to your life, you're motivated to get involved. And I would encourage people get involved now, right? We know that over-incarceration in Maine is the civil rights issue of our time. Um, As long as we continue to spend the millions and millions and hundreds of millions of dollars a year just locking people up, right? In Maine, we spend $300 million per year year just locking people up. That does not include police. That does not include right, that is just the the locking people up budget and so for nine years in a row we've seen crime rates in Maine drop. We compete with the state of Vermont to be the safest, lowest crime state in the country yet we've continued to see our incarceration rates rise. Why is that? because we criminalize people with substance use disorder as opposed to helping them. That is what this podcast is all about. That is what Zoe and I spend a lot of our time working on and this is just a heartfelt invitation for you to join our work. And you can join our work by going to the Church of Safe Injections website. We really thank you for listening. Um, we thank you for joining this collective work and I want to give my good friend Zoe a chance to, to share what she'd like to share before we end today.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think, I think you covered it, Charlotte. I think, um, yeah, I, I do think that we have an opportunity here to, to be leaders. And as a parent myself, I feel like I'm always telling my, my daughters to be leaders and, and our state has an opportunity to be an actual leader and it is scary to lead and it is courageous to do something different and and it is going to be a fight and so we just need people brave enough and courageous enough to stand up and say it is important enough that we stop losing this number of people in our state every day and every year mm. We're gonna do something different. We believe in science and we believe in medicine and we believe in harm reduction and and we're gonna do this. And we've seen in the states that have New York, Rhode Island, Oregon. Uh we we've there's there's change and everyone wants to, you know, kind of come down on Oregon. Come on, it's been like eight months. Like everyone I know. <laughs> like it takes a little while for like yeah. incredible momentous change to happen
1: it's it's like watching politics with children right yeah. i mean it's just like you know and children having excuse they're not they're not ready to analyze you know policy but the folks who are you know spreading this sort of propaganda about you know about what's happening in oregon they're children yeah they, they are not grown people no um so with that loving note uh <laughs> Always fun, Zoe. Always fun. And I am so thankful to be doing this work with you and our other Pally Wallys in the Drug Policy Coalition. Absolutely.